hey everybody welcome back to passions podcast blacker than ever (laughs) (laughs) oh no i'm latara and you all know me uh, you know already y'all know me but this is my friend my guest host today is my good friend jarell who i went to high school with say hi to everybody jarell Hello, hello. I am Jarrell Trinity. So glad to be on here. Tara, I haven't seen each other in forever. So this is like our first time actually chatting in a while. I know it's been so long. I mean, because I haven't seen you partially because of the pandemic. When I do come home, Jarrell's in Chattanooga. When I come home, mm-hmm. I am just like straight up quarantined at my grandma's house for the most part. You know, I like see my family and then I come back here. So I don't see anybody. I haven't seen any of our other friends either. Well, one of our friends, I don't see anymore in way. But (laughs) that's neither here nor there. We will talk about that later. However, so Jarrell watched Passions this week. Help me out because, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out here scrambling, trying to find myself a good guest host. And Jarrell, tell everybody what your, your knowledge of Passions is. Okay, so as I when when she sent me the list, I started to take a look at it. It started to I started to have like these memories unlocked of of like oh I remember this show, I remember my great great grandmother watching this show on the little fat back TV we had sitting on the table in the kitchen in the morning. She would go in there, she would cook uh, breakfast, and she would watch all her soap operas. And Passions was one of them. I remember now why I don't watch soap operas. Thank you. Rude. rude. Unbelievable. You mean, you mean this, these random five episodes, 351 through 355 didn't, didn't make you really want to watch Passions? I'm sure you were kind of confused. It it, it, it made me remember Passions and I remembered like soap operas and I was just like, oh, good Lord. I, I, you know, I've, I've educated myself and in the the art of making art since then, since I was a little kid watching this show, and and I think I, my taste has has ripened. Oh. So while watching it now, oh, you it's have like so much oh, taste. oh, excuse us, oh. excuse us, poor peons who watch soap <laughs> operas and enjoy it because Darrell has taste. I know. You know what? You can enjoy <laughs> it. I can definitely understand the entertainment value because it had me hollering personally. Me too. But I don't think the things that I was laughing at were supposed to be funny. Yeah, that's true. Some of it is not clearly not supposed to be funny, but it I was laugh. like, first of all, why is this man being so aggressive about like every line that he says? I don't like I I, I couldn't like, don't ask me the, 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 their names. It was a young man, the black, young black man, and Chad. he was like, really? Yes. <laughs> okay, we're going to get everything. into it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get into it. So let's get into it. We're going to start this week with, actually, we're going to start with Chad, actually, this week. We're going to start with the magic storyline. And everybody out there, I put Chad and Whitney with the, the magic storyline this week because everything in the magic storyline has to do with them. So here is the summary. Chad is fighting for his reputation and harmony as everyone except Simone believes the rumor Kay has started about him getting a girl named Tiffany pregnant and abandoning her. Kay, meanwhile, scrambles to find a way out of her situation as everyone waits for her to get Tiffany on the phone. Hecuba offers to help her for the price of her soul and Kay eventually accepts. 
Hecuba calls the house pretending to be Tiffany and after stirring things up a bit, she eventually exonerates Chad when she tells everyone the Chad who impregnated her and dumped her was Chad Johnson, not Chad Harris. Ow. So, so let's talk, let's talk through the, we're going to talk through the events, okay, of how things happen. Like I said, I take notes took some good notes oh let me actually real quick y'all i gotta drag jarell because i sent him a whole last email with the instructions with the episodes and jarell did you read the email i did not Jarell did read not. it in its entirety how the hell it was <laughs> you know i've been, I've been really busy lately it's fine jarell honestly like just having to watch the episodes is such like a time commitment <laughs> so because like, i mean i i even tried to speed them up but it, it still was <laughs> and i and i watched them i did i was like i've got quest mentality i said i've got to see what happens next because i don't understand at all who, yeah who these well, people are or why i should care i appreciate <laughs> you you should care because i care but i appreciate <laughs> you reading that or watching the episode even e episodes even though you didn't read the fucking email all right and look i put it oh you know i cur we curse on this show i've cussed you the fuck out okay <laughs> well look. i mean that's always been the, the nature of our relationship i've been cussed out by you several times <laughs> during our time together it's quite, always, quite, quite often. It's fact. always in love, though. All right. So here we go. <laughs> Child, we got to talk about passion shit. We all, all off track. So <laughs> Chad is at the Bennett's house. That, I'm going to help you out. Let me just explain to you what the fuck was going on. Chad, Chad and, was mad. Chad oh, was, he was big mad. He was very mad, <laughs> as he should be, because Kay has spread this rumor that he got a girl named Tiffany pregnant and that he abandoned her. And then she miscarried. And then she moved away because she was just so upset. This is all a lie. That She said all of this to, to Whitney to keep Whitney from wanting to be with Chad because she, and as I'm saying it, it's ridiculous, because her best friend Simone wants to be with Chad which is Whitney's sister so she did all of this to try to drive a wedge between Chad and Whitney but the lie came out which she never anticipated it ever coming out she didn't think Whitney would ever say anything which is so dumb in and of itself because of course she would but anyway so we're at the bin Eve is being a real bitch about Chad to to TC and is like TC, he came to town to find his parents. If he had, if he was here for that, why hasn't he found them already? Bitch, are you dead ass what? serious? <laughs> so awful. Eve is so nasty. But anyway, meanwhile, Whitney like goes over to apologize to Chad. While all of this is going on, Kay is upstairs like scrambling, trying to figure out like what the fuck am I gonna do? Because I don't know. There is no Tiffany, right? So right. downstairs, Whitney actually apologizes to Chad. Like, I'm sorry for putting your putting all your information out there like i'm sorry that this is happening to you but she doesn't apologize for the fact that she believes this rumor right so he's like he's like i don't accept your apology <laughs> this is bullshit right. chad's just like chad's just like fuming across this fucking living room and Sam's like, calm down, guy. You know, we're going to get to the bottom of this. Even though everybody, honestly, everybody is like looking at him like he did this. Like he is right. 
like he is um, guilty of this. Hey, can I interject a, a little thing about that? Now, that particular part actually triggered me. I was just like, of course we would believe the narrative that the black man would be a deadbeat father that would impregnate some girl and then leave her abandoned. Mike, of course that you would believe that. And then Whitney, you like actually being the one to spread that is some utter complete bullshit. And you thought you weaponized that idea, knowing, thinking that there, no one would question it and that you would get away with it. Well, the thing is, well, Kay did that. That was Kay. Whitney, Whitney oh, told, yeah, yeah. told, but that was Kay. But yes, you are absolutely right. And not to mention the word rape comes up because they're saying if this girl is underage, then he's committed statutory rape and I'm going to have to arrest him. Like, the, it, yes, you, you hit the nail on the head. And the fact that the Black people in this show particularly, Eve, Whitney, like, are so quick to believe this. To believe it, it yeah. So, it is. It's so triggering. And so And Eve's like, I want him out of our house because he lives in the right. department above their garage. So she, she's just going off. Anyway, this is all going on downstairs. Simone is the only person who says the right thing, which is one, I believe Chad, two, because she knows Kay is her best friend. She knows that Kay lies and that she's on some bullshit half the time. So she's like, I believe, I believe Chad. I think Kay is lying. She says to Whitney, because Whitney at one point is like, Chad won't, won't go to jail if he didn't do anything wrong. And Simone's like, bitch, are you serious? People go to jail what? all the time for crimes they did not commit. So Simone's like, right. again, once again, the only reasonable person in the room. So anyway, upstairs, Kay is trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Because there is no Tiffany. Let us not forget there is no Tiffany. Okay? She's like, what, <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? And Pops heck yeah, That's what I kept saying. I was like, who is Tiffany? <laughs> Who is Tiffany? Uh, Tiffany does not exist. The limit does not exist. So Hecuba pops right up. She said, oh, hey, Kay, I'm back, back, back again for your soul, sis. She's like, I'll help you out for a price. You got to sell me your soul, basically. And Kay's like, no, you're evil. She, she barely resists. <laughs> she resists. But Hecuba does some dumb shit. She turns her nose into like a Pinocchio nose. Like she does some stupid shit. <laughs> but overall, eventually, eventually. I was like, what am I looking at? <laughs> it, 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 it was amazing, honestly. Like I personally love Hecuba, this new witch. So we have a, mm. a regular witch who is Tabitha, and she's been with us. Tabitha, yeah. But Hecuba is like this new witch that has been unleashed in Harmony, and she's about mm -hmm. to she's about to like unleash some a bunch of bullshit. But let me. Tell and I'm you. here for the bullshit. Oh, so here for it. So Kay's going back and forth with Hecuba, saying like, "No, I'm not going to sell you my soul. I'll figure out my own way out of this." Then Simone comes busting in the room. She bursts into the room. She basically tells Kay, I think you're a liar. I'm going to tell Miguel all the things that you have done to break him and Charity up. I'm going to tell everybody no. downstairs. She says that she thinks she did it, break up her and Chad. She's like, you did this to get into the, in between me and Chad because things with you and Miguel aren't working out. I mean, that's, that's, that's a deep accusation, but I mean, I wouldn't. That's a deep accusation. I mean, not only are you making the accusation, but you, you're like g giving a motivation behind it too. That is kind of like, really? It's like, that's. Well, it's interesting because is she capable Kay, of this? Does she do this a lot? Honey, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Why would you be friends with a person who you know is capable of something like this? Is my thing. Well, I, I like know, Simone, I can but tell I you why. 
Why? I could tell you why, because, you know, it, it moves the plot forward and keeps tension in the plot. Boy, anyway. And that's why I don't watch stuff like this. Because they do things that don't make sense. See, you a hater, and I shouldn't have had you on. <laughs> what? I, I watched it, and you asked me to give my... my I, it's, it's I'm a I'm, Okay, okay, you're right. It's a discourse. I'm just offended that you just don't like soap operas. I mean, I, I watched them growing up. Girl, I watched, what's the name? What's the little girl name? Star, I think was her name. And, 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 and I watched them argue about who owns the son on, what was it, All My Family or All My Children, whatever it was, oh, for freaking 30 years. Oh, I children. A year, I like, I'm telling you, my great-great-grandma watched all of the shows, including Passions. And Passion was the only one I, I remember when I was watching it, when I was younger, Passion was the only one I did actually tolerate the most because of the magic aspect and because there were witches. And, you know, I'm all about that occult stuff. Call, give me a Buffy the Vampire Slayer any day. I'm there for it. You know, uh, so Passions, honestly... It's probably the most tolerable of the super uh, of the of the soap operas because of the match aspect, but it still is rife <laughs> with the foolishness. It's a it's lot hilarious. of foolishness. It's a lot of foolishness, but I like the foolishness. That's what I like about it. I enjoy it. Like it makes me happy. It makes me giddy. Honestly, you know what? Let's let's. Gotta keep, <laughs> get, I got to get back to this show. I got to beg. You got to give the people what they're looking for. Okay. So Simone bursts in. She says, you know, I'm going to tell everybody. And that that's that. She leaves. Kay then is like, this is bad. This is really, really bad. I cannot do this by myself. Hecuba, mm -hmm. I will sell my soul to you. Just help me out. Hecuba's like, deal. All right. So Kay goes back downstairs. Everybody's like, Kay, where's the, where's the phone number for Tiffany? And Kay's like, I don't know. She's like kind of sitting there hemming and hawing. And Simone's like, see, I knew it. I knew you were lying. And then the phone rings. The phone rings. Oh. Grace picks it up. Grace says, hello. And then she's like, wait a minute. Who is this? And she's it's like, Tiffany. hey, it's Tiffany. And they put the phone <laughs> on speakerphone. And this Tiffany girl starts talking about, hey, Kay, remember me from the book cafe? And then she just starts talking about how Chad did all these things because Chad's like, hey, Tiffany, who are you? I never met you. I don't know you at all. Blah, blah, blah. I know. He was pissed. And she, I think we should put the phone on speaker so that everybody can hear what she says. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ch Chad goes over and he says, hey, this is Chad. Like, who, I don't, who are you? I don't know no girl named Tiffany. And she's like, Chad, how could you say that after what you did to me? You told me you loved me. All of this stuff. That's the only reason I slept with you because you told me you loved me and you'd never leave me. Chad, how could you do this to me? And then we lost our baby and you just left me. How could you do this? And everybody's looking at Chad like, oh my God, like so scandalized. And then Sam's like, Sam comes over, because Sam's the chief of police, by the way, Jarrell. Sam comes over and says, Hey, Tiffany, we want you to come to town. We need to talk to you. Like, this is, I'm Sam Bennett, the chief of police. He's like, she's like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I never want to see Chad Johnson again. And oh. then everybody's like, Chad Johnson. Johnson. And Chad goes, hey, <laughs> Tiffany, this is Chad, jo Chad Harris, not Harris. Chad Johnson. And she's like, oh, no, my Chad was Chad Johnson. I don't know anybody named Chad Harris. And honestly, this was so beautifully done by Hecuba. 
Like right. She, it's a way that she literally exonerated both parties. Like she saved face with her and saved face for him too. <laughs> yeah, masterful. It was wonderful. And I love that I love the way she did it. So that that settles that basically. Except all of these motherfucking people who Chad thought were his friends had turned on him, except for Simone. Like everybody in this room was looking at him like he was was a rapist. Monster, right. Like he was a fucking rapist. And now they're like, oh, uh, we owe Chad an apology. Sorry, guy. <laughs> my, my bad. <laughs> Oops. My bad. <laughs> except nobody actually apologizes to him. They all just go like, we owe Chad an apology. Like Sam says it, TC says it, but nobody apologizes to him. I actually, I think Whitney eventually does. And when she does apologize to him, he says the damage is done. Like, it's too late to apologize. It's right. too late. It's too damn late, Whitney. <laughs> it's too late to apologize. He, Because for him, it was so hurtful that anybody would believe that about him. He's like, well, I've been here for a right. year and y'all don't know me better than this. And they readily and easily believed it. Readily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what 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 is there that what is there to 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 uh, to, to how can you you can't reconcile that you cannot come back from that because they did they, there was not even a little hint of doubt they were like one hundred percent ready. Yeah. Whitney was one. What did Whitney was one was like put her on speakerphone. We want to hear what she says. Right. I was like they were they were they just knew for a fact that he that, that he was guilty yeah can't come back from that sis sorry yeah so later we're gonna skip on ahead because now that chad has been exonerated that's all all done there but we do need to talk very quickly about charity and miguel so charity and miguel like have gone on a little date they come back to the house and i think jessica or simone fills them in on everything that had happened because they weren't there for the whole chad debacle situation and when they fill them in or when simone fills them in charity has a flashback to the mine shaft where she remembers Kay flat out telling her that she lied about this whole thing she remembers Kay telling her oh i told whitney this ridiculous lie about chad getting this girl pregnant so she pulls charity i mean she pulls Kay to the side and says wouldn't you feel a lot better if you told everybody it was a lie? Bitch, no, no, I'm off the hook. Get off, shut the fuck up and leave me alone. I sold right. my entire soul for, soul for this. So absolutely not, bitch. I will not be telling anybody that I fucking lied. No, right. it ain't happening. Right. <laughs> bitch, you gonna get my soul back for me? Right. <laughs> like, no, Charity, <laughs> you can't stand Charity's old funky ass. No, ma'am. Charity, that's the little blonde one, right? Yes. Little like Sookie Stackhouse. Yeah, mm. she kind of does. All mm. right. So that's magic for the week. Also, Chad and Whitney. We're going to move on to this week's explosive storyline. This week's very explosive storyline. Shoeies. Mm -mm. This was sad. I like shed a few tears straight up. I was sad. I was hurt. My feelings were hurt. Like, okay, so here's the here's my summary. Mm -hmm. Hank is supposed to be guarding Sheridan and keeping her safe while Luis is away. He instead shoots her in the chest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he instead shoots her in the chest. As Sheridan dies, she asks him why he did it, and he tearfully answers that he was being blackmailed by the French drug cartel and had no choice. 
Luis is on his way to Washington, D.C. with FBI agent Hal Freeman when he gets an ominous feeling that Sheridan is in danger. He makes Hal take him back to Sheridan's cottage, where Luis is devastated to find her in a pool of her own blood. Sheridan is pronounced dead, and everyone is in a state of shock and disbelief. When Ethan arrives on the scene, he wastes no time taking his anger out on Luis and Sam, whom he blames for Sheridan's death, and vows to destroy them with the full weight of the crane power and wealth. Hank, meanwhile, has been falling to pieces, grappling with the guilt of murdering Sheridan. Pierre tells him to pull himself together and go back to the crime scene so that no one will suspect him of murdering Sheridan. When he arrives back at the cottage, he is attacked by a grief-stricken Louise who blames him for Sheridan's death. There it is. There it go. So that's the that's the summary of this week. It was rough. Like, I felt so... Ooh, well, look... Hank, Hank was killing me. <laughs> look, I tr I look the soap opera oh. acting. A lot of it is like very over the top, right? It's as it's supposed to be, right? So, oh, it's supposed to be times, that way. Yes. Yeah, so, a lot of times, I give a lot of grace to the actors for like the things that they do because some of it is just like, yeah, it's it's unnatural, but that's what the style is. Mm -hmm. However, Hank, this man's performance. He was crying, but I couldn't stop laughing. It was a mess. He was a mess, but like not in the that's way what, we want. But like not in the way you want him to be. Like he didn't. He didn't. I didn't see a tear. There was. They could have gave the man some visine, like <laughs> something. That's a visine. He was giving. He was trying to give us Broadway, but he was giving us Red Box. I was. It was hilarious. It was like, oh, yeah, was... no, it was very much those, you know, those like knockoff movies you find at the Dollar Tree. Mm -hmm. It was very much that. Mm -hmm. he... It was very much church play. <laughs> mm -hmm. it, was, it was very much church play. So, very much church play. <laughs> so yeah, his, his performance was <laughs> so bad. Like, really bad this week. And he normally isn't that bad, but he, I don't know. But anyway, so let's talk about it. Hank shoots Sheridan, everybody. He shoots her in the chest twice and then has the fucking nerve to cry down by her side, gets down by her side and cries. All right, so Hank has shot, he shoots Sheridan in the chest two times. He shoots her and she falls going, why, Hank, why, oh, Poor Sheridan. I really felt bad for Sheridan. I know you think I'll that have, was, I'll holler. it was That's sad. You gonna have to you gonna have to have a little bit of a little bit why? of empathy, sympathy right now because Sheridan is my one of my favorites right now, and she is dying in our faces. Mm -hmm. Why, okay. Hank? Why? why? And Hank? Hank tells her that flat out, I was being blackmailed by these French motherfuckers, and it it is what it is. And I had to do it. It was either you or me, right? Yeah, he couldn't have been that sad about it because he could just let them motherfuckers get his ass. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, you don't even know. Here's the thing, Jarrell. The, mm. the whole thing that the, the cartel was blackmailing him with, it was like a dossier, like this whole folder on him about his past, like, misdeeds like shit he is they weren't even threatening to kill him they were threatening to expose him to his to his brother who's the chief of police and then he would like go to jail but so he chose to murder a woman instead i just hank is the worst hank 
I can't. This whole a lot of these narratives in this then this stuff are problematic and wouldn't hold up nowadays. But, well, uh, it's it came from two, the year two thousand. Yes, a lot of this shit you will not see on TV ever again. Mm-mm. Yeah, it it is it is it is unique. It's like uh, it's a little slice of <laughs> of history right to there. To time to that time period, it is very unique. But Hank, yeah, Hank was awful. I mean, really, like, yeah, I, that was the whole thing. It's like you just really, like you literally chose to kill off the character rather than be exposed and possibly go to jail. And then here's the thing, you. With this dossier, like really, if you're in real life logic, probably wouldn't stand up in a court of law, really, unless you have some solid evidence. So, I mean, come on. That's a good point, actually. Unless they have some real good evidence. Yeah, he say, she say, don't, 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 don't do in federal court, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a good point. So he tells her, Hank sucks. This is why Hank sucks. Hank really sucks. Sheridan. Sheridan begs Hank. This was so sad. Like, she's begging him, like, call an ambulance. Don't let me die here. Like, I thought we were friends. It's just so fucked up. It's just mm. so fucked up. She just didn't, she didn't see it coming. He starts crying, talking about, it wasn't supposed to be like this. It wasn't supposed to be this way. What way was it? What you, how did you envision this going when you right. shot her? Well, maybe should you do maybe if you wanted to not go that way, you should shot her in the head so she wouldn't suffer. Like right. what are you doing? Or poison her <sighs> or something? I don't know. It's some 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 more humane. The gun just seems like a lot to me. I feel like there were other poison to me would have been the better choice. Mm-hmm. But I could tell you why he used the gun. Because it's more dramatic. And it it, is, more it is much more dramatic. It is much more dramatic. So she, com- she continues to plead for her life when the phone rings. Now, Luis is on his way to Washington, D.C. with Hal Freeman to mm, clear up this FBI bad. case, to close up this FBI case, right? And he's thinking about Sharon. He's like, I'm going to call, just check on them, blah, blah, blah. Calls, no answer. So he's leaving a message. This was back when you had an answer machine so you could hear you know, the message. So he the message. Mm-hmm. He says, he says, hey guys, I'll answer the phone, pick up, pick up. And he's saying, you know, what are y'all doing? And Sheridan is back crawling to the phone, begging Hank to let her talk to him one last time. She's like, I won't tell him it was you. I won't tell him, just let me talk to him. Just let me, please let me talk to him. And she gets up to the phone and Hank shoots her again, I think. Did he shoot her again? I... You know what? <laughs> you didn't watch I it. I know you didn't I watch it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I know, know you didn't watch it. She No, I, think I do he... I do remember I do remember this scene. I know I I did watch it. I do remember this scene. I don't remember if he shot her again. And I, I don't remember I I do remember um him calling. But I don't I, for some reason I don't remember the 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 interaction with her calling to the phone. Well, it's not that I didn't collapses. watch it. Well, honey, yeah, she collapses. It, that's neither here nor mm. there. She collapses. And I think I think Hank shot her a third time. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she just maybe she just collapsed. But I thought I heard. But I thought I heard another like pop, and then it, and that was that. But anyway, Luis realizes you know what something is wrong. We got to go back to Harmony. So they turn around. They head back to Harmony. Hank and Pierre go out to the pier. Hank is a mess. Okay, he's like. I can't believe I killed Sheridan. Really? You like, we've been working up to this for weeks at this point, <laughs> by the way. He is just brandishing the gun out in public. They're just talking out loud about this murder they just committed. Yeah, that's what's going on with them. 
Louise and Hal Freeman get back to the house pretty damn quickly. They get back. You know, they were like halfway to like. I know. Where they going? To like Washington or some shit. And he goes, he, he, he gets inside. He sees her. He grabs her. And he says to shout, uh, shout to Hal, Sheridan's been shot. Because she has. She's been shot in the chest. And, and maybe in the back. I'm not sure. But she's been <laughs> shot. And Luis then tries to revive her. He's like trying to give her CPR, I guess. I don't know if chest compressions really help. You have a gunshot wound to the chest. <laughs> right. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm like, what are you doing? What but are you I'm doing? not a doctor. So what do I you're know? You're going to cause more damage. Hal <laughs> um, is like, she doesn't have a pulse. She's dead, man. Like, I'm so sorry. Sheridan is dead. And he says it's no it's no use, Louise. She Sheridan's dead. She, Louise keeps telling Hal to call for an ambulance, and Hal keeps telling him there's no point to call for an ambulance. Except you have a fucking dead body, you got to call somebody. God damn it, there's a dead person here. <laughs> you can't just you can't. Oh my god, that was very annoying to me. That was very annoying <laughs> to me because Louise keeps telling him call somebody, call, call somebody, somebody for help, and he just keeps like walking in and out of the house like. Nothing we can do. She's dead. This is too bad. And it's like, one, you just lost a key witness. It seemed like you would be very more upset than this, Hal. But also, yes, call somebody. Then he gives Luis the phone. It's like, Luis, you gotta, you gotta call somebody. It's like, boy, what were you doing for the last fifteen minutes, sir? I so Luis called Luis. <laughs> the grief-stricken Luis has to call the EMTs. They come. They say there's nothing they can do for her. They're like, she's dead. Then we know that. Then Eve and Sam show up. Then Eve and Sam show up. And Eve is the the doctor in this town. And she's also like the medical examiner, right? Mm -hmm. And so Eve comes in and Luis is like, Eve, you gotta see there's something, there has to be something you can do for her. There's something you can do for her. So Eve goes over to Sheridan, like looks at her, pokes her with a stick, basically, and is like. Sheridan is in God's hands now, which was my favorite line and is the title of this episode. Sheridan is in God's hands now. Um, that's oh, you what he episode said. titles. Oh, absolutely. I didn't get episode titles. I just got numbers. I got oh no, that's the episode. That's the name of this podcast episode. Sheridan is in God's oh, hands. Oh, okay. Sheridan is in God's hands now, y'all. It's in the it's in the Lord's hands. So of course, Eve is no help. Is she ever, honestly? Ethan shows up to the cottage because Ethan has been has been out on a date with Teresa and he came back to the cottage mm -hmm. to talk to Luis specifically because he wants to tell Luis he's like had a change of heart and he wants to break the news that, hey, I'm dating your teenage sister, so get used to it, right? Well, he gets mm -hmm. there and he realizes that Sheridan is dead and he flies off the handle. He blames Sam. He blames Luis. He says it's all their fault. You killed her. He he attacks. He like physically attacks Luis, which is like such a bad choice for him. Cause look at Luis. But Luis takes it. He like apologizes to him. Sam's like, you don't need to apologize to them. He, you didn't do anything wrong. The FBI made you go to Washington, DC. The FBI made you go. So yeah, Ethan. Fucking Ethan. I y'all, I cannot stand Ethan Crane. I do not like him. Now, is he correct in saying that Sam is bad at his job? Yes. Sam is very bad at his job. Sam is the worst chief of police. Period. <laughs> like he's period. bad at his job. Is this Sam's fault? No. no. Is this Luis's fault? 
unequivocally no, like absolutely not. He was forced by the FBI to leave Sheridan there. And the FBI deputized Hank for whatever reason, who's a random civilian, which that's another thing. They actually talk about this at one point, Sam, cause Hank comes back. You know what? We'll get there and get to there in a second. First, we got to talk about, <laughs> first we got to talk about Ethan. Right, blow up. Ethan. So Ethan, so mm-hmm. Ethan blows up, he's pissed and he fights with Luis and Luis is like, you know, he apologizes. It's like, yeah, you, you right. This is my fault. Even though it absolutely is not his fault. And this shit pissed me off so bad because it absolutely, if it was in like, Luis is the least to blame for this. Like has the least in this, honestly, but he apologizes because he feels guilty for leaving Sheridan there, even though he was, forced to do so ethan even goes so far as say like oh you you left her here by herself because you're only worried about your career and this was all about you getting a promotion and blah 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 ethan fucking sucks i can't stand this motherfucker i really cannot stand his guts i hate his guts right now but my question is where the fuck were you sir exactly some, somewhere making out with where Teresa, were you making out with a uh, with a young girl Mm-hmm. Right. Why you up there pying off, pying off at the chops about what somebody else could have done so and what somebody say. else could have been? Where was you at? <laughs> yes. And Ethan gets upset saying, to Sam saying, I told you to hire more officers to guard Sheridan and put more people on Sheridan. And Sam says the same thing he's been saying to her, which is one, this to him, which is one, this is the FBI's case. Two, th- so it's like out of my jurisdiction. Two, you are a fucking billionaire. If you want extra security, buy extra security. Period. I mean, I mean, so anyway, everybody feels bad for Ethan and Luis and, you know, Sheridan's dead. It's sad. It is very sad. But eventually Ethan leaves. And then Luis asked Sam, who could have done this? He's like, who could have done who could have done this? Everybody's so confused. Who could have done this? Maybe the last person, the person you left there with her, who is is nowhere to be seen. Who is all of a sudden nowhere to be seen. You asked this person to protect her. And now she's you left one person alone with her. Right. And 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 no one and no one thought and no one thought to question. Where he at? They didn't know he even Where is he at? Where, Where is, is he? he? No. That's what I'm saying. In the confusion, we just forgot this man exists. <laughs> it was very irritating. Well, because then eventually Sam's like, well, I hope, I hope Hank's okay. Hank will be my number one suspect. We left you here with her by yourself. And now she's right. dead and you're and not now here. She's dead and you're not here. Everyone else is here. Shall Everyone else is here but you. They didn't talk about Hank for so long. It was crazy that they didn't say anything about Hank for like three episodes. It was really insane to me. Like, but eventually Sam says something about Hank, talking about he worried about Hank. You need to be worried about yourself and your job because you bad at it. So bad at it. How do you not, How like, how do you not start with this is my prime suspect? I don't care if he is your brother. Right. Anywhere near a sliver of actual police work, that's the first thing that you would do. Exactly. At the, exactly. Anyway, down at the dock, 
let's speaking of Hank, down at the docks, Hank is having a conversation with Pierre. Pierre gives him his dossier. He's like, here, here's the all the dirt we have on you. We don't have any copies. You can do whatever you want with it. Then Hank goes, starts to like regret making this deal with the, the cartel. And he tells uh Pierre, um, not he says the things that I did that are in this dossier pale in comparison to what I did tonight. Like, so, so, cause, cause the thing is, I was like, well, maybe he committed a bunch of fucking murders and that's like in that dossier. Right. Right. If, if what, if murdering Sheridan pales in comparison to what's in the file, then no way you would have gotten me to kill Sheridan because how do I get away with this? How do I get away with murdering her? Right. Right. Like, the in the time that you're going to spend in jail possibly your life a life sentence or a death sentence right right because this soap opera world and we we do the we do do the death sentence in soap opera world okay because <laughs> injections left and right okay so you are risking a higher sentence just because you don't want the things that are in this dossier to come out. So I'm really wondering what's like, is it like the Trump dossier? And is this like, he likes golden showers. <laughs> right. Like, is he in the scat? Like it's something like that. Like, and, okay, what is so, it? and I do have a question, you know, about the whole, like, I guess, lore wise, because I, I guess just to sort of, I can have a, a context of understanding. So they wanted shared and did, is it because she's a crane? Is it because no. they, you know, she's a, like, okay, why I'm did gonna you explain. Want her I'm gonna explain. Sheridan, when we started this series, Sheridan was living in Paris, and she was uh -huh. dating this guy named Jean Luc, who turned out to be a drug dealer, but she didn't know that. She, the uh -huh. and the guy who was his boss, Roger, is like the head of the drug cartel. She uh -huh. knows what he and Pierre, the other guy that was talking to Hank, she knows what they look like and can ID them as part of the drug cartel, and so they want her dead because she's the only person who could ID them uh -huh. in court. Been going okay, okay, her. okay. Yeah, but that's why they so, so, so they've been after her for, for a while, huh? Yeah, they've yes, they've been after her for a while. So on the dock, they talk about killing Sheridan, Pierre and Hank, and then Pierre tells him, You gotta go back, you gotta put one, you gotta pull yourself together. Be a man. He tells him to be a man and pull himself together. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, okay. Pulls him, tell him to pull himself <laughs> together. I think he throws the gun in the water. Like, Hank is a bad criminal. It, that's not where you throw a gun. Like, did he even clean it before he threw it in the water? He threw the gun in the water. <laughs> yeah. Did you even, cl like, clean it? Like, if it were me, I would take the gun apart and scatter the pieces. Yes? Right? Like, you you clean it. First of all, you clean it first. Then you take the gun apart. Yeah, and you clean it. And you take it apart. You scatter it. Like, and or you melt it down. And you definitely don't just throw it in the water at the pier fully intact where it's probably just going to wash up right onto the shore because it's a fucking gun. I, you know, you know what? I'm going to keep on going. Keep on keeping on. No, no, it can't. No, <laughs> no points for logic here. So no, Pierre tells him, Pierre tells him, you got to get back to the. You, you must return to the scene of the crime. Uh -huh. You have to go back. He's like, you got to go back because if you don't, they'll suspect you, which they should already suspect you. You're already mm. a suspect in my eyes, but whatever. Right, should so, be. Hank goes back to the cottage, okay? And Luis immediately 
like grabs and jacks him up. He's like, you killed her. It was you. Yes. Let's let's stick with this, Luis. Let's stay here. Keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. Okay. <laughs> he's shaking him. He's throwing him around. He's saying, you killed Sheridan. You killed Sheridan. And then Sam pulls him off of him and is like, break it up. Like, you know, this is ridiculous. Of course, Hank didn't kill Sheridan. And so then Luis is like, of course, I don't, I'm not saying he pulled the trigger, but where were you? It's like, oh, but you were so close. He did pull the trigger. He did. Why are we just not believing that Hank could be there? Like, why is everybody just giving him this blanket of protection? And then, well, so, oh, Lord, then Hank spins like this whole tale about how he shared and sent him out for ice cream. And she said that she was going to call the crane security and that everything would be okay. And I mean, it's pl honestly, it's plausible because we know she. What ice cream at, though? What ice cream at? He what had ice cream? ice cream. He had ice cream. He wouldn't oh, got ice cream. Okay. No, he had ice cream. Okay. He got it. Okay. He, be, um, he, better, he, be, he better be the only motherfucker with, this, with the slightest bit of sense around this motherfucker. Well, not enough. He still murdered Sheridan. For like really no reason. <laughs> for no reason. And then did a poor, piss poor job of getting rid of any evidence. Yeah. So. And is, wait, was he, okay. So he, was he, this was he under the influence of a magic person too? Because I remember, I swear I remember somebody being in there with him over his shoulder screaming for him to shoot the guy, shoot her. Wasn't there yeah, somebody with Pierre. him? Pierre. Pierre was there too? Pierre was there. Mm-hmm. He was watching okay, from outside. So he was watching from outside when he shot her. He shot her twice and Pierre was outside. Once Pierre heard the gunshots, Pierre came in and they just like watched Sheridan in agony. And Pierre said, Pierre actually says what you said, which was that he should have shot her in the head so that she would um, be Die dead. Die and like, not suffer. Like, yeah. He was like, now you have to finish the job. Like, so yeah, that's, that was Pierre. Yeah. So anyway, Hank spins this whole tale about Sheridan sending him out, all of this, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, we get a nice, we actually get like a Shuis montage, which was, we get a bunch of Shuis montages in this, in these episodes, like a bunch. With corny music. Mm -hmm. So bad. Oh, I love that music. Mm -hmm. It's so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this, this should be a genre all its own. Oh, it, like... oh, but it is. Oh, but it is. <laughs> So many great oh, passions shoot. hits. You would love them. But anyway, this is one of them. <laughs> but so we get uh, this, this, this montage. And then Luis flies into a rage all over again. <laughs> and like, and like grabs Hank. You killed her, Hank. You killed her. And we do it all over again. And Sam pulls him off again and says, you know, it's not his fault. He's not a trained cop. Which begs the question, why was he there in the first motherfucking place? That's my issue. That is my problem. Why would anybody deputize this civilian to do a dangerous police officer's job? And then later on, when he fails, chalks it up to, well, he wasn't trained. Clearly, you trained, you trusted him enough to deputize him. Chow. Man, he was, he didn't get any wrong. training. It's ridiculous. It's when they handed him a gun, when he first became, like, one of her, like, deputized bodyguards, he was like, they were like, Hank's never even shot a gun. And then handed him a gun. <laughs> it's ridiculous. 
But anyway, oh, it's a mess. I'm gonna finish this real quick. So Luis vows that he's gonna he's never gonna give up. He's gonna find out who killed Sheridan. He's gonna make them pay and hurt as much as he hurts, basically. And Sam says to Luis, you are too emotional. I need your badge and I need your gun. Okay, I, you know what? This was honestly the way Luis was acting. It's like, yeah, I'm take some time off. Like you and definitely hand me that fucking gun because I don't know what you're capable of. You know what I mean? I mean, so well, so, well maybe they should have thought about that even before they handed that gun to Hank. Well, that's that's a whole Ooh, other thing. Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. So I'm Sam, listening. so Sam takes Luis's badge and gun. Sam and Luis says, "Take this shit. I don't give a fuck. You think that's gonna stop me?" <laughs> Louis says, you think that's going to stop me? I'm going to still find out who did it. I got a gun at home. He didn't say that, but I'm sure he has his own gun outside his right. weapon. Right? Like, I can do... I, don't worry about me, Sam. Just know I said what I said. And I'm going to do what I said I'm going <laughs> to well, do. I'm going to do what... I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to make it do what it do. I'm going to do what it do what it do. So, meanwhile, they all go back onto the... Oh, they go back out. It's time for the the coroner or the um, medical examiner and the team to take the body. And this was actually so sad because they they come in, they say it's time to take the body. And Luis pulls a Maria. Like, you remember at the end of West Side Story when Maria throws herself over Tony's like, don't you touch him. Don't you touch him. Look what you've done. <laughs> no, that's exactly what Luis does here. He pulls a Maria and he does it, don't don't you touch her he's like no I, I don't want her in that bag like and he won't let them move her he won't let them put her in a body bag he won't let them move her and he's like attached to her body and Eve says to him Sheridan's not here anymore this is just her body Sheridan is gone you have to let you have to let us take her body and and we will respect her body like don't worry we let us give Sheridan Sheridan's body the just the respect it deserves. That's what she says, and that's what makes him kind of pull away and say, "Okay, you can take her." So a they beautiful take line, actually. It really was. It really was, and and so they take Sheridan away. It made me honestly. This whole this whole scene was really good. It made me sad. It made me cry. I teared up because what you don't know, Jarrell, is that Sheridan and Luis have spent the last 350 episodes trying to get together. And they had finally just gotten together, like literally last week with like they finally had gotten over all of their shit and were finally like had found each other and were finally together. And now she's dead. <laughs> like, imagine what that's like for yeah. Luis. You know what I mean? And he yeah, says, they, they, he they says completely as much. Her. He says as much. He says, I wasted so much time. And he did. They wasted so much time, like, fighting with each other. And it could have been could have been so much better. But, yeah, anyway, yeah. Julian shows up. I do want to talk about this real quick. Julian, Sheridan's brother, shows mm -hmm. up. And he's like, I gave no one permission to move my sister's body. No one has permission to do an autopsy. All of this shit. And it's like, it's a murder investigation, bro. You don't get to give us any kind, like, any kind of instructions oh, right. on the, this. Demands we, or commands or I believe, yeah. I don't, I don't know for sure, but I believe that when it's a murder, they by law have to do an, do an autopsy. I think, like, when... They gotta investigate. Yeah, they have to investigate. Because, I mean, because it's evidence. It's evidence. Like, the literally, the weapons, the wounds, all of that is evidence. Like, they have to, and, 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 and anybody trying to impede that would be obstructing justice. 
Yeah. Well, so at the end of all of this, everybody goes over to the hospital, except for Luis. Luis goes home. And Hal Freeman, Agent Hal Freeman is having a conversation. And I think Sam, too, having a conversation with some random looky Lou that we haven't never seen before. And he's saying, yeah, I heard somebody talk. I heard two guys talking about killing Sheridan Crane. I was on the docks, docks and I heard two guys just talking about it. One was a French guy and the other one was just like your regular run-the-mill American, but if I heard his voice again, I would know it. And then in walks Hank, who says something like, what What are you guys talking about? And that man goes, that's the guy. Yeah, he's like, that's the voice. That's it. And everybody looks at Hank like, huh? Meanwhile, actually, you know, I skipped over something very, very fucking important. So before they go to the hospital, I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. Before they go to the hospital, Hank is feeling hella guilty at the cottage. He's like, I've got something I got to tell you. I got to tell you, I can't live with this. Like he's teary eyed. He's saying that he has something he can't live with. He's say- and everybody just keeps blowing this man off. A murder has been committed. He's saying he wants to confess something and everybody's just ignoring him. So that's what's going that happened a bunch like it happened a bunch like he's like i need to talk to you about something and sam's like you know what buddy we can talk about it later and he's like but i need to confess something to you i can't i can't live with this any longer i have to tell you like we're standing in a murder scene and he's using language like that and you don't stop and say wait and mind you he's already been acute like like louise was just throwing him around saying you killed her we didn't think about wait what does he mean then Everybody, Hank says as much. He says, I killed her. He says that out of his fucking mouth. He says, I killed her. And everybody is like, no, Hank, you didn't do this. You didn't do this. It's not your fault. No, Hank, you didn't do this. Louise said No, I don't mean it like... (laughs) Sam says it. Eve says it. You didn't do this. This isn't your fault. He really keeps saying, no, I, I killed her. And I think Eve says, like, don't, don't be ridiculous, Hank. <laughs> don't be ridiculous, Hank. He says, you were right to, to attack me. I'm the one who killed her. And then Luis apologizes to Hank for attacking him. It's crazy. Because, I don't know, it's just, that, that happened and it was very maddening. They blow off his confession. Uh, he confesses. And they blow it off. And, so- and then this thing at the hospital happens. And the guy saying, like, that's the voice that I heard. And we don't know because that's where we ended this week. But I have a feeling that they're going to blow that off, too. Like, nobody right. like, nobody can believe they're suspending, like, their belief. Like, they're, nobody can believe that Hank, Hank killed her. Sheridan, yeah. So, and I, and I, which is tripping me out. I'm like, I don't understand why. Like, is Hank just an all-around good guy in the no, rest of the episode? No, Hank sucks. Like, Right. That's like, so Hank sucks. So why, why is it that, that we just can't believe, or are we just drawing out Hank getting busted by for this? And I, I don't get it. I mean, but it, it's, it's, it, the show is, it's, it's cute. It's a cute show. I'll tell you that. The witches are definitely my favorite part. <laughs> I just want to fast forward through everything else and only watch the witch parts. No, I love everything. No, I don't. I don't always <laughs> love it. I don't always love everything, but but I like a lot of it. All right, so now we have to take a quick little break and do shout-outs. Yay, shout-outs. So we're going to take a quick and we're going to talk 
and say hello to give a quick shout out to all of the patrons over on Patreon. Thank you to Munashe, Marcus, Erica, Breelin, Lisa, Zach, Sid, Serana, Dustin, Heather, Randall, Ashley, Hannah, Camelia, Amanda, Monique, Samantha, Amy, Chucky, and Jeanette. Thank you all so much. You really are my passion for life. I love you all this much and more. Um, <laughs> remember, listeners, if you too would like to become a patron, just go on over to patreon.com slash passions podcast and choose the tier that looks best to you. I'm going to start um, a little, I think I'm going to start a little book club. I have this, I have Tabitha's book, everybody. <laughs> it's backwards, but I have Tabitha's book, <laughs> Passions, and I think I might start um, a little book club. So right now, I'm going to let Jarrell tell us where we can find him if we want to talk to if we want to you know catch him do whatever i don't know go, go, whatever what are your handles <laughs> right. at, all the ads, if you want people to follow you or if you have like a project that you want people to to oh yeah okay so if you all want to follow me i guess the most active platform that i've got right now is tiktok which you can follow me at Jarrell trinity one at tiktok or uh, and as far as projects i have a book that i self-published that i wrote during the quarantine which you can look at which you can purchase at sdapocalypse.com you can also read the very first chapter in its entirety on the website as well so you can let you know so you can know uh that i'm a good writer before you actually <laughs> All right. we, love a, we love a good free preview okay so send me the links i'm gonna link all of that in the description of this episode so if you all want to go follow jarell on tiktok we you know we got followers on tiktok too so if y'all follow me on tiktok go follow jarell on tiktok too all right so let's move on friends we're moving on to faded faded couples fate and this week, we're only talking about Teresa, Ethan, Gwen's situation because we already talked about Chad and Whitney. So here we go. Mm -hmm. Teresa and Ethan go on their first official date as a couple. At the end of the night, he tells her that he wants to break the news of their relationship to her brother, Luis, himself, and that he has changed his opinion of Luis thanks to her and Sheridan's high praise of him. Ethan goes off to tell Luis and Teresa fantasizes about a possible double wedding between her and Ethan and Luis and Sheridan. But her fantasy is quickly shattered when she hears the news of Sheridan's death. Meanwhile, Alistair, Julian, and Rebecca see Sheridan's death as a golden opportunity to push Ethan and Gwen closer together and separate Ethan from Teresa for good. That's the summary, okay? So let's, let's chat it up. Let's chat, chat, chat. These two go on a, a date. It's a cute little mm -hmm. date. So they're at the docks where they were like dancing or whatever for their date. And Ethan suggests to Teresa that they go to the, I think the club together for, for the country club for their first date, which again, Ethan sucks. They, he wants to go <laughs> to the country club, even though he just left a date with Gwen at the country club. Like, literally, you were just at the country club with Gwen. Why would you go on a second date in the same day to the same place? With another girl. Like, people didn't see you with a whole nother person. Well, and that's a whole other thing. Like, they dating each other. This is a, this is a convoluted story that I guess I'm going to bring you up to speed up on real quick. So, Gwen was in, and I sent you a study guide. Did you not read it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
It's the call out for me. Oh, Lord. She's like, I sent you a study guide. Look, I spent a lot of time on that because I knew y'all don't know these characters. And I only put, I put it in bullet points. I made it easy and digestible. <laughs> it's the teacher in me. And, and, you know oh. what? I, and you know what? And you know what? This is exactly what my students do, too. Acting like they don't know the fucking I, I, material. I should, don't know the fucking material. And I done done everything in my power to make sure they know the goddamn material. But they still, I don't, Miss Lee, I don't, I didn't see the study. I didn't see, I don't know. What? No, Where? I've got it. Where? Did you send it to me? Was it on my, was it on the Google Classroom? Where else would it be? <laughs> Where else would it be? Okay, who are we talking about again? Okay, you're talking about, say, say, say the name again. Teresa, Ethan, and Gwen. These are the people we're talking about. They're in the love triangle. Okay. You all don't right, have to read right, it now. Right. I'm just gonna bring you up to speed. It's too late. Nah, I got it right here. It's right there. Bam. Teresa, Ethan, and Gwen. Ethan, bye bye. Oh, bullet points. Oh, with the pictures. Nice. Okay. I told okay. You. Okay. And Teresa. Okay. So it's so a Teresa. All right. Mm -hmm. Oh, That's we got a new Ethan Gwen for entire life. We got a new Gwen this week, everybody. New Gwen, who this? Okay. Gwen, on your study guide, I think that I sent you, I, I didn't change it before I realized that they, we got a new actress in. You've got a blonde for Gwen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's not Gwen, but that's okay. You saw Gwen. She was kind of a redhead. But anyway, yes. um, we got a new Gwen this week. Anyway, let's talk about this. These two, they, they're in a, these three people are in the love triangle. Ethan was engaged mm -hmm. to Gwen. And they were going to get married. Today, the day that we are watching, like, these episodes, the day that these episodes happen in, is Gwen mm -hmm. and Ethan's wedding day. They were supposed to be getting married today. They did not get married today because the night before, Ethan called off their wedding because he told Gwen he was in love with Teresa. Mm. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Yes. Mm -mm. Yes, exactly, exactly. So it's a lot. You should have read. You should have read the study guide. You know, you be. You I be see it now. Yeah, like I wish I could share my screen so everybody could see this. Uh, you be this up on beautiful. It. My, my uh, little study guide. Got, right, the Crane family, the Lopez family. Like she got it. You got it by family trees. Of course. But and anyway, miscellaneous characters. Uh, I'm loving it. Let's talk about the what happened this week. So Ethan suggested Teresa they go to the country club, even though. He just came back from the country club with Gwen. Um, Teresa's like, no, the 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 country club is Gwen's territory. Like that's where you made all of these memories with Gwen. Like that's mm. her territory. And Ethan's like, well, where should we go? And he suggests the Seascapes, which is like a really fancy restaurant. Teresa's like, I'm not dressed for that tonight. I would love to, but I'm not dressed for it. And then she's like, I know where I'll take you. And then they go to like a boardwalk carnival i don't know what you call that like the boardwalk kind of right. like coney island and they play these games ethan like wins her a teddy bear she then wins him a teddy bear it's cute i guess i mean she's a child so of course she would enjoy a fucking carnival i look i <laughs> <laughs> she's a child I'm she is dead. a child she's literally in high school and this is who, which ones, Teresa? Teresa Lopez Fitzgerald is is like a senior in high school in, at this point, even though we never see these kids at school. So this is a big-ass mess. So Gwen and Ethan and Teresa and this love uh, triangle. And Cordy Cure notes, Gwen messy-ass had Teresa plan their wedding. Yes. The same wedding that she, he ended up, she ended up getting dusted for because he was like, by the way, the bitch that planned our wedding, I'm in love with her, not you. <laughs> 
even though he Chandler. is in love with Gwen too, that's his thing right now is that he's saying he's in love with both of these women. So that now, oh he's yeah, this is before poly. This is before polyamory was a thing. Well, but every, all everybody, all parties have to be have to be in agreement to do poly. Yeah, they have to consent. This yeah, but not. I'm saying, yeah, but like before before the concept, people thought they had to sneak around and do things like that. They didn't think they could just be like, hey, can we just date each other? Well, that's what <laughs> honestly, that's what they're doing now, though. They're dating in out in the open, all three of these people, right? Like that's what's nice. happening. It's not nice, it's bullshit. This up these episodes. Because and here's why it's bullshit. I'm not I'm not saying it's bullshit to have to date multiple people at the same time. That's not what I'm saying. Ethan mm -hmm. was engaged to Gwen and has been cheating he on her. Okay? Mm -hmm. And Gwen is like still hanging around? No, uh, she, she has she has what we call dumb bitch syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Oh, baby. We did make her the, we made a list of who's the smartest to the dumbest women in harmony she was she was the dumbest on the list right so they go they do this fucking thing they win teddy bears it's cute i guess whatever they get back at the end of the night to Teresa's house Teresa says oh you can't come in because i don't know if Luis is home because they still haven't told Luis. Luis hates the cranes all except for sheridan so hmm. so she's like you can't come in just in case Luis is here i just don't want it to be a thing then Ethan tells her, you know, we got to tell him sometime, which, yeah, we got to tell him sometime. Like, you think you you think you and I are going to get married? Teresa thinks that she and Ethan are going to get married. Like, you're going to do that without telling your brother? <laughs> like, like, I just don't get the, I, I don't know. But anyway, so Ethan's like, you know, I want to tell him about our relationship, that we are together. I want to. As you do. As you do. And he says, you know. I've changed my opinion of him. I don't think it's so crazy that he might change his opinion of me, you know? And Teresa's thrilled to hear that Ethan has like this newfound respect for Luis. And he, Ethan goes on and on about how, yes, well, and this is all before we find out Sheridan is dead, by, by the way, everybody, okay? He's oh, like, yes. okay, okay, because I was like, so we just we just moved on from no, that. No, we're real going quick. back. We're going back. This this happens okay. before he finds out Sheridan is dead. He's like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. After how well, how much you've talked about how great he is, Sheridan has talked about how great he is, and I and I respect him so much for keeping my my aunt Sheridan safe, and he has done so much work to keep her safe, and I, you know I can't thank him enough, and I'm so grateful for him keeping her safe. All of this, all of a sudden, he, I'm so grateful mm. to Luis for keeping Sheridan safe. So that's why when he he gets the news that Sheridan is dead and he goes over there. He's pissed at Luis because he's like, I I was under the impression that you were the person keeping her safe, right? So anyway, he decides to go on over to talk to Luis and tell him and everything. And he's in a good mood. And and so he leaves each, mm -hmm. he leaves Teresa in a very good mood. Teresa goes inside and she starts to talk about to Whitney. Whitney comes over. She's like, maybe. We'll have a double wedding. I want to talk about this trope of a double wedding. This happens in soap operas like a lot where they talk about having right. having a double wedding. Who the fuck would want to have a double wedding? I've never met a single bride who ever was like, yeah, let me share my special day with somebody else. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to share my day with three other people. No. Absolutely <laughs> never, not. It, never ever in my life ever seen it. Nothing like it. But it happens in soap operas all the time where they're like, we're going to have a double wedding and it's so romantic. Nothing. No, it's not. 
I do not want to have a double <laughs> wedding with my brother. No, no, thank you. I'll pass. And you know my brother. <laughs> we have vastly different tastes. <laughs> you and your brother do have vastly different tastes. Y'all have similar tastes in friends, though. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, So she keeps having these dreams about having a double wedding. Blah, blah, blah. Pilar comes in, and as Pilar does, she bursts Teresa's bubble. That's Pilar's job, okay? That's Pilar's job. That is her purpose as a character, okay? Her whole job is to go around bursting people's bubbles and raining on parades. And I'm here for it because these people need some reality checks, and Pilar is here for all of them. And she's writing them, and she is writing them, and they're clearing. They're not bouncing. Yes. So she tells Teresa, you know, Teresa... Things are not going to work out the way that you think they're going to work out. And, and, you know, Ethan is a crane. The cranes are never going to allow you to marry him, all of this stuff. And then Teresa breaks out, well, you and I know that Ethan is not a crane and that he is Sam Bennett's son. And Polar's like, bitch, I told you never to bring that up again and that you are absolutely not going to tell Ethan this because no good will come of this. And she makes Teresa promise not to tell Ethan because Teresa and her her wheels are spinning. She's trying to figure out how am I going to, are you frozen again? No. I'm not, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just my, my jaw is slack. <laughs> I told like, you, I passions is so good. You just gotta, you just gotta <laughs> figure out what's going on. Had you, I honestly, I feel like had you read the, the, study guide and then watch the episodes you will be more like understanding of what's going on oh my gosh i'm sorry i didn't read the story to god miss lee no it's okay i'm just saying i think <laughs> i think you would be you would understand what was going on more but that's okay mm. so well, i don't know what to say P pilar but burst her bubble tells her you cannot mm. tell ethan that he is is sam bennett's son you have to promise me that you will not do that no good can come of it Teresa kind of promises <laughs> like she's like she doesn't say i have committed she doesn't say i promise not to tell ethan she says if pilar says you have to promise me that you won't tell ethan and pull and Teresa just goes okay i will like that's what she says like i will not <laughs> i promise not i promise uh, but i will but i will <laughs> So I feel like that can really go either Got way. Him. I feel right. like it can really go either way. While all of this is going on, they hear an alert on the radio in the background that Sheridan's been killed. And then the the air gets sucked out of this room, right? Like that is because Teresa's been banking on the fact that Luis is in love with Sheridan to make him become more amenable to her dating, to her dating Ethan, right? But with Sheridan gone, that one, that's out the window. But two, Luis is going to be in a real bad mood. That's a, like, that's an understatement. Like, Luis is going to be very sad and unhappy. So, like, she's upset for Luis. She, and then she realizes, oh, my God, Ethan's super close to Sheridan, too. This is going to upset him. So it really just changes the mood in this whole house. And then on top of that, Pilar, oops, Pilar thought of Sheridan as her own daughter. So that was a big blow to Pilar and it's really sad to see her how she took the news as well everybody's getting the news around town that Sheridan has died right Rebecca finds out that Sheridan has died and she tells Gwen we gotta use this we gotta use this to our advantage <laughs> like the woman is dead what the fuck 
And you know, Gwen was really, Gwen was actually really close to Sheridan too. Like they were best friends. So, you know, Gwen genuinely has some, some feelings surrounding this, but she goes along with Rebecca's bullshit. She's like, we, you know, this is how we get Ethan to marry you and not Teresa. Going to drive a wedge between him and Teresa. And she really, honestly, Rebecca got this idea from Allison and Julian because as soon as these motherfuckers got the, the call that Sheridan was dead, they immediately was like, oh, yes, we can use this to break up Ethan and Teresa. I mean, Sheridan died. And that's died. what, the, and yeah. that's, pretty, it was pretty murdered. She, she no, she was die. murdered. Yeah. yeah. She didn't just die. She was brutally murdered, mind you. She was murdered. And, and, yeah. And, and that's and, how her and, father and, and, and brother react is like, well, how can we use Sheridan's death to our advantage? That's really sad. I mean, it ugh. is sad. Poor Sheridan. Oh, poor Sheridan. Oh, poor, 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 poor women in soap operas in the early 2000s. <laughs> poor women in general, honestly. In I general. Mean, but so Rebecca's like, we got to go to the mansion. So they go over to the mansion and at the mansion, Teresa calls and Julian tells her, Julian answers the phone and tells her, it's not your place to be calling here. Do not call our house ever again. Ethan, Ethan is with Gwen. He's here with it, letting his family comfort. Let his, oh, he says, let his family comfort him. His Gwen is here for him. He doesn't need you, basically. And it's not your place, and it will never be your place to call him, basically. So yeah, she calls the house. This man has a cell phone. I don't know why she wouldn't just call his cell phone. Right. It was just if it was me. Like, of course, Julian Crane is not happy to hear from you right you just broke right. up the wedding that they were supposed to have it be having today so what did you right. think was going to happen but anyway so that makes her sad she wants to go to the mansion but pilar again raining on that parade no girl you staying here you are not going to the mansion you were staying right she off so Teresa just gets more and more seems, anxious. seems like you that th- she's one of your um more the characters you like the more was it pilar or it looks like you like her a lot <laughs> oh you know actually my favorite character is Teresa. I like really? Pilar too, but Teresa, oh, Teresa is everything. You, I've, you didn't get, you didn't get like the best of Teresa this week. They, there wasn't a lot of no. Teresa, but yeah. So Re- Gwen and Rebecca have gone to the mansion. Gwen is comforting Ethan. They're comforting each other, honestly. And, but Rebecca tells her like, play up your grief a bit, you know, make him feel bad and whatever. This is their, this, I guess, new scheme. I don't know. It's weird. All right, so we're going to finish up. We got one last little thing to talk about, and that is our troubled marriages storyline, which really got um, entangled with Sheridan's thing and with Ethan and Gwen this week. Like, it all... It all was very tangled up. So I did my best to get everything summarized and put it in order, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if this was was not my best week. Well, I've got to commend you for, you know using the word entangled when talking about marital issues you know that's very on brand right now (laughs) real entanglement here (laughs) all right Mm. so let's talk these troubled marriages here is the summary julian continues to think of a way to prove that ivy and sam are having an affair he tells ivy to come clean or he's going to tell alistair who will hunt her secret down like a bloodhound 
Ivy refuses, and then Alistair calls. But before Julian can tell him about Ivy's secret, Alistair delivers the news that Sheridan is dead. Later, Ivy is dismayed when Ethan comes home and announces to everyone that he blames Sam and Louise for Sheridan's death and wants to destroy them. Ethan notices the coldness of Julian and Alistair's reactions to Sheridan's death and reiterates that sometimes he wonders if he is truly a crane. Mm. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Be about. It. Well, you ain't truly a crane, boo boo. I can tell you that right off the uh, off the off the bat. We we know this much. So, <laughs> Julian, let's start at the top of this. Before Sheridan is dead, before we find out Sheridan is dead, Julian is like in his <laughs> in his library grappling with this this revelation that Sam and Ivy either are or once were lovers like we as audience members know that they once were together but mm -hmm. julian seems to think that they are in a relationship right now that they are having an ongoing affair which they absolutely are not now julian knows this because he saw it in a magic mirror in the mine shafts like a couple weeks ago oh yeah <laughs> and the, like, the mine shafts is where they find all the witches at because that's where they found hecuba that's right where they right? found hecuba Hecuba's the one who showed him Ivy and Sam in the magic mirror, right? So he's going, he's going through his brain because he saw this thing. He he knows he saw it. He knows it to be true, but he has no way to prove it, right? So he's trying to figure out how he can prove it. And then Ivy comes in and he tells Ivy, you know what? Ivy, come clean. I'll go easy on you. Just tell me the truth and I'll go easy on you. But if I have to find the proof myself, I will destroy you and Sam. And you won't have a friend left in this town. And even Ethan will turn his back on you. Like he goes deep, right? And she goes, well, how can you find proof? There is no proof of nothing ever happened. You know, she just keeps de denying. There's no proof. How could you possibly find proof? He says, oh, I'll tell Papa. I'm going to tell Daddy. I'm going to tell Daddy Ooh. Crane, Big Daddy Crane. And you know, he knows how to find out the truth about everything. He will hunt it down like a bloodhound, which is exactly what Julian says to her. And then Ivy's like, so you're going to call your dad and tell him you saw me having an affair with the chief of police in a magic mirror that a witch showed to you in a magic cave underground. He's going to think you lost it, right? Like, she's like that. He's not going <laughs> to She better work. <laughs> he's not going to believe you. What? Who, who would believe that? He's going to think that who you. Who believe you? He's going to think that you've lost it and he's going to further further disinherit you basically I and mean, julian mm -hmm. really thinks about this he's like yeah maybe i don't know and mm -hmm. before they can really get any further into this the phone rings and it is alistair and i think julian is ready to tell alistair like i think ivy's having an affair but before he can alistair just goes sheridan's been shot she's dead like that's it He's like, he's on speakerphone like he always is. He says, Sheridan's dead. That, that's it. And he immediately says, straight maybe, like that. he immediately says, this is the perfect opportunity to keep Ethan from marrying Teresa. Like he, that's what he goes. He's like, Sheridan is dead. We can use this to our advantage to keep Ethan from, from being with Teresa. Like there was no, my daughter, like that's his daughter. And he didn't give a damn. At all. 
But he did say he said himself earlier on in the series that he would have killed Sheridan himself. Like he was like talking about killing her himself about some other shit. So he she he does not care about her at all. Um so poor women. Poor women. So Julian is like going along with this, even though I think Julian was a little sad. I mean, he wasn't nearly as sad as he should have been i don't think but i think he was okay. also putting i think he also was kind of faking it for his father's benefit so that his dad didn't think mm. he was like weak but he is understandably scandalized by their reactions mm. to to sheridan's murder to this lady being murdered <laughs> she got killed. yeah you murdered and this is your, your family member i should care like why does no one care so I was like, this your own daughter's murder, and this is how you react. This is what you're talking about. Alistair tells her to get off her high horse. <laughs> I was shook. He tells her to get off her high horse. <laughs> but anyway. They, like, they really, who did Sheridan, Sheridan must have pissed somebody off. That actress was pissed no, somebody off. No, Sheridan really, oh, well, the, Sheridan's not really dead. Like, she's dead, but for those who have watched this show you haven't Sheridan is not really dead she will be back like the the actress didn't do oh. anything she'll be back and she'll be back till the end like we're gonna see Sheridan again I'm aware of that I think everybody is at this point like we know uh, Sheridan okay she gets she gets time. resurrected yeah so anyway Ethan shows up pissed he's found out that Sheridan is dead he thinks he's blaming Sam he's blaming Louise he comes in he tells Alistair and Julian and Ivy I want them destroyed we're gonna destroy them we're gonna bring down the full weight of the crane money and power on them I want them run out of harmony this of course upsets Ivy because Sam Bennett is Ethan's real father Ivy knows mm. this of course Ethan doesn't know it but Ivy doesn't want any tension between these two people because she knows that they're father and son she doesn't want them to be at odds with each other and so she content she kind of like stands up for Sam which is a bad place for her to be right now considering Julian is fresh on her trail right like so she should mm, really right. just kind of let it go but she can't let it go she's like no you can't like you can't blame sam for this this isn't sam's fault then julian pulls ivy out and says why are you standing up for sam like ha 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 got you you standing up for sam in front of ethan like what is this about and J ivy again says well this is about ethan's political future this is about he the, the people in this town love sam he's the chief of police like you he can't burn this bridge because the he would never get elected in this town or you know he mm. needs the support of the town and the cranes are not very popular in town it's plausible like what she's saying makes sense the cranes aren't popular if you're gonna if you're gonna run for election you need act people to vote for you you know at least that's some, true you know at right least some, and they're not gonna vote for him if he is if he runs Sam Bennett out of town, basically, you know, right? So he yeah, he, and Sam is apparently way more popular than than than, than the than the family is uh, together. Yeah, than the Makes cranes. Sense. 
the cranes are very unpopular in town. So Alistair tells her, if you keep standing up for Sam, you're going to lose Ethan forever. That's what he's, not Alistair, Julian says that. If you keep standing up for Sam, you're going to lose Ethan forever. Then Julian and Alistair run like a little guilt trip on Ethan and say, you know, we warned Sheridan against getting involved with Luis. They really double down on Luis being the, the problem, Luis being the reason Sheridan's dead, Luis being at fault, which is, he, they hope will drive a wedge between Ethan and Teresa because Luis is Teresa's brother, right? So right. they say, you know, we warned her against him. We mm-hmm. warned her that she should be with someone who is of her class, not with somebody from mm-hmm. the wrong side of the tracks. And they're kind of Ooh. drawing these parallels between Luis and Sheridan and Ethan and Teresa saying like, it will never work basically to him and saying to him like, you basically, you need to marry Gwen and forget all about Teresa. So there's kind of three things going on. Alistair and Julian have their, and Rebecca have like their own agenda with Ethan, right? With Ethan and Teresa and Gwen. And they're trying to break up Ethan and Teresa and get him closer to Gwen. Ivy is trying to keep Ethan close to Sam or at least keep him from hating Sam. And Mm -hmm. Ethan is like, I'm ready to get revenge. Like, it's time to go (laughs) to war. Like Ethan, right. Ethan thinks he's in a wants to be in a war room, and and like everybody's playing matchmaker. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? bless his heart. I hate him though. Whatever. But anyway, Ethan's like bu- the bubbling. There's just so much rage bubbling beneath the surface. Gwen keeps trying to comfort him, but he's like not interested. Really, like whatever. <sighs> Finally. I talks to Ethan, tries to talk to Ethan out in the hallway, and he is hell-bent on getting revenge. Like, he he won't hear her. He won't listen. He says that he wants to destroy them, run them out of town. Eve is there, which I forgot about until I just read my notes. I don't really know why Eve is there. What, I don't she, what she did or why she was there. <laughs> I don't remember why Eve was there. I only remember because I wrote in my notes that she tries to prescribe Ethan a sedative. She's like, I'm going to give you a sedative. This bitch always trying to drug somebody. (laughs) She's like, I'm going to give you a sedative. He's like, I don't need a sedative. But then she does say something really important to Ethan. She says, you know, your reaction to Sheridan's death is a lot different than your father and grandfather's reaction. And I'm just going to leave it at that because Ethan is really upset. He's hurt. He's sad. He's grieving. And he's going through all of those different emotions that you feel when somebody that you love not only dies, but is murdered, is violated. Like that's a deep, like that's some deep feelings. And I'm unfortunately, that's like feelings that I know and have felt in my life where you learn that somebody you love has been murdered. It's, it's like, it's in, you don't know you you go through this whole gamut of emotions and it's yeah you scream you yell you mad but you want to know who did it and why julian and alistair don't seem to have any emotions been no concerns about it whatsoever and so ethan says to ivy you know it is it's times like these when i start to question am i even really a crane 
And he's been saying that a little bit here and there. You know, he mm. he feels like I'm so different emotionally. Like I I'm so different mentally from Julian and Alistair. Am I even really a crane? I was like, no, you ain't, buddy. That's really all that happened this week. I'm gonna I'm really gonna wrap it up there. It's been we've been talking for a long time, but yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's been a lot to cover. It's been a lot to cover. It and is a to lot to cover. Waste time filling me in on the things that you already wrote down on your study guide. Yeah, it's <laughs> all right. All right. So everybody, remember you can always catch us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and twitter please 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 rate review subscribe if you have not already and you can catch um i mean you can check out our website passionspodcast.com there's merch there's all kinds of things and again always if you want to join the patreon please 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 do so we it's very helpful for funding this show because you know i need mm. need a little something to keep it afloat <laughs> to keep it floating and going. So I want to thank you, Jarrell, for being here. Once again, how can the people get in touch with you? You can find me at TikTok at Jarrell Trinity. TikTok, Jarrell Trinity 1. Jarrell Trinity 1 on TikTok. That's where you can find okay. me. On TikTok, Jarrell Trinity 1. Right. And you can also find my book at fthepocalypse.com. All right. And all of those things are linked in the description below of this episode. So thank you all for listening. And once for, as always, you are my passion for life. <laughs> Beautiful. Never lose the passion for life. <laughs>